the reason I love Nafumi is because he's just like, he looks at the townspeople and he's low-key just basically like, are y'all dumb? Are you dumb? So somebody shows up and he's like, ooh, I have this mystical plant for you and you just take it and plant it in the ground and think everything's gonna be okay? Yeah, and no, and it's, what makes it worse is because they had heard of a legend of a plant that, that was gonna do the things that this plant did or whatever, but instead of being like, suspicious that this might be that plant because it was given to them by a hero they just decided to just like Go take it. it hey you guys what's up we are the otaku couple i am mrs otaku and i'm mr otaku and this is the i'd rather anime podcast number 29 this is your place to catch up on all things anime new and old with a lovely addition of our opinions thoughts and banter we know you could be doing other things so we're glad that you'd rather anime with us Yep, so, it's been another week, you guys. So, more on One Piece. Yep. Um, this week, episode 874. We're finally getting down to the nitty-gritty. This was like the before Big Mom Eats the Cake episode, instead of the Big Mom Eats the Cake episode, which will be next week. Yeah. Um, so, I'm actually at this point where I'm honestly just over... <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm over the arc, but like the Big Mom chasing this cake. Like, she's been chasing this cake for, like, 60 episodes. I'm kind of over it, 100% at this point. But um, this episode, we had Sanji and Luffy finally making it to the Sunny. So the crew that was in Whole Cake Island is all back together, and now they just have to escape. And everybody's just kind of still in the uproar that Luffy beat Katakori. Because they're like, there's no way you had to throw dust in his eyes or something. Yeah. Like, y'all really think he's just, like... The thing that I didn't like with that logic is the fact that he's so strong that you're just so sure that Luffy couldn't beat him, and yet he got away by throwing dirt in his eyes? That's the logic we're going with? Yeah, like, like okay. Like, like, like Kata Curry's gonna fall for some trick. Right. right and I'm like if he's supposed to be so perfect like that's the trick he's gonna fall for not like a flash bomb or something like that well but I just, think they were just using that for like a metaphor not, I, I, guess. I don't think they meant literally throwing dirt in his eyes I mean you can throw dirt in Chopper's eyes and he wouldn't be distracted but for like a second yeah but but anyway I thought that was interesting but like I said we have Sanji and Luffy meeting up with the rest of the crew and of course we have a quick little reunion and they're trying to get away, and then Sanji's father, Judge Vin Smoke, he's like yelling at Luffy. He's like, "Why did you come all this way? Like everyone knows that once you enter Big Mom's territory, that you can't leave. So why would you come all this, all this way? He's a failure. He doesn't appreciate his royal blood, and he cooks for peasants, and his skin isn't armor. He puts his life on the line to save people who are weaker than him, and he's a complete failure." And Luffy, just being Luffy, he's just like, thanks for everything, bye. (laughs) And then he looks at Sanji, he's like, why are you listing off all of your good traits? (laughs) And then, of course, um, I love that Chopper and Carrot were just like, yeah. They were like, with Luffy, like, yeah, I don't know what he was doing. Like, I don't know, that's weird. Mm. But, of course... Jinbei is just cracking up. He's like, y'all are funny. Y'all are funny. This is Jinbei's like, this is going to be a good time. Yep. I'm so glad I made this decision to join this crew. Yeah. Right? And then, of course, Brooke and Nami and Sanji are just like, that's not what was going on. But that's whatever. But it's fine. Yeah. And then, of course, Luffy falls right back asleep because he's worn out because, you know, he just beat Kata Kree. Yep. And then we have, we also saw a... Uh, Beige and Chiffon, they're over on uh, Fluffy. What yeah. is it? The Fluff? Fluffy Island. Fluffy Island. Because she's the minister of Fluff. Although, again, something that doesn't quite make sense to me because she was excommunicated and banned because ooh, and banned because of her sister and her face. So I'm just kind of like, how does she still have an island that she's minister of? Like, what? Well, I mean, if you're the best at that one particular thing, I can understand you being a minister of it. And it's like, that island is on the outskirts. It's not like it was an island that was right next to Whole Cake. It was like an island on the outskirts of of their territory. Like, here, you're the minister of this island. You have no reason to come anywhere near me. Okay, maybe. <laughs> but... And she's I- good at making fluffy stuff yeah well 
I guess because and I think the original <laughs> minister was her sister probably that sounds about right no the, but, no her sister was the original minister of uh, Cacao Island I thought that was oh yeah because Pudding took over mm-hmm. after she left yeah yeah okay that makes sense but um I love how the people were running and they were so mad at found like why would you bring her here like yeah they were pretty upset. It was just like, they, they didn't have any faith in her. It was just like, we're going to get destroyed just like Nuts Island. Yep. And I also love how the people were, while they're running, Shafana just hands over the baby. She's like, here, hold Pez. And everybody else, he's like, get inside the castle. And they're like, okay, no problem. And they're running, right? And then she's like, no, I'm going to see this to the end. And that's what I don't get, like... She's going to eat the cake. We all know she's going to eat the cake. Why do you have to see her eat the cake? You've you, tasted the cake. You know this cake is about to be bomb. So why does it matter to you? Why do you have to see it? Get away. And it's you want to like, see the fruits of your labor, your hard work. And okay, you you're be being chased a- by an emperor who hates you on a giant flying sun with a flaming sword who wants to kill you and your family and your ship just burn into the sea. I, I understand. Logic. Priorities. I <laughs> I understand the priorities and everything. But I'm going to risk my entire life, my entire family life, the life of my entire crew to watch you eat cake. I mean, she really already did that when she was making the cake. Because she could have left. They could have all very easily have gotten away and just let Big Mom continue on this rampage. Yeah, but I get the whole point where she was like repaying the straw hats. Okay, I, I, I get that well enough. And then I even get her taking Big Mom to an island that's further away. So it's like, even if she did eat the cake, there's no way she's going to catch up with them at this point. So I get that. But like, okay, you delivered the cake. I'm with, honestly, I'm with Beige. She's like, look, we were paid our debt to the Straw Hats. We lost our ship. We don't have any way off of this island. And we're here with Big Mom. She's going to have her cake. Can we please focus on getting away now? Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm with Beige on that. Like, okay, great, we did our job. Let's go. And when he said, you know what, the Straw Hats better not die after all this work that we put now, in to I get them that. away. I feel I that. I felt that. Like I felt that in my spirit. Like, like they better get away, and they better not die after all we've done for them. Right? It's like this is not okay. I will not appreciate it. Because like, can you imagine if, like, obviously the going Mary's thinking was detrimental when that happened, right? Can you imagine the going Mary being lost because of like another pirate crew? Yeah, because they were trying to save another pirate crew. Yeah, it would have been really rough. That would have been messed up. But yeah, I think that's enough for One Piece this week because you know you guys like to hear us talk about more than One Piece, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Black Clover. Let's move on. Um, this was the uh, the. The episode with Fogolion's sister yelling at her people. Cisco Leon. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what her name is because as soon as Yami said Cisco Leon, I was like, oh, okay, that's her name. Yeah. yeah. And that's just what she is in my head. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's what she is. She's the new captain. She's even stronger than her brother. Um, He's her younger brother, right? Yeah, he's her younger brother. The former captain is her younger brother. Yeah. And uh, she was getting on them because, like, they've always come in, like, second or third, and they came in fifth place this time. And he was just, like, basically treating them all like they're worthless or whatever and said they needed more training. And was like, all right, you're going to uh, go train at this hot spring. All right? And um, who, who was there? Uh, Asa, Asa and, and you know were there because they were just coming back from speaking with the Wizard King. And... and uh, um, they and uh, she heard them whispering around the corner like like it sounded easy or whatever. And she was like, oh, you fun. two can come. Yeah. <laughs> you two can come. So she grabbed them two. Then I thought she was going to go and tell Yami that, hey, I'm taking uh, your, your boy or whatever. But no, she grabbed Yami or whatever because he didn't show up to the ceremony at all. Also got, got the Blue Rose Night Captain because she didn't show up. And then Noelle just happened to walk in. She knows her from the past because, you know, they're both royalty. Mm-hmm. And she immediately, when she sees her, she was like, oh, hi, bye. She's just like... <laughs> she tries to run. She, she tries to run, but no, <laughs> she gets got to or whatever. And, of course, this hot spring, this is not a hot spring. This is a giant 
constantly erupting volcano that they're at. And supposedly there's a hot spring at the top, which guy has to be filled with lava, but whatever. And um, basically... Oh, and all there's all this mana in the environment that's running wild. So it basically makes it almost impossible for you to control your magic. Yeah, and the heat is just unbearable. Because I mean, it's, it's a volcano. Because it's a volcano or whatever. Heat and, at a volcano. Go figure. And basically, the way to get up, the, to climb the, the mountain or whatever, is to envelop your body in mana and use it like a skin. Just like a coat, like a, a little barrier. A protective skin, yeah. A protective layer over you. And then you can use that and then climb up the mountain. And, of course, the captains that she brought did it very easily or whatever. So they were just there as an example to show the other people how to do it. Yep. And then, of course, you know. He's a genius. He got he he uh, he caught on very quickly after seeing the captains do it. And then the other people started trying their best. But Asa doesn't have any mana. So he he doesn't have anything to protect him to get him up this mountain. But he refused to give up and he's going to get up to the top of this mountain. Obviously. But the thing that's that the reason you know for a fact that Asa is going to make it to the top is because she walked up to him and she was like, oh, you don't have any magic? You must have got this far off of pure luck. Like, you can just turn back. It's impossible for someone like you to make it to the top. And you know, Asa yeah, doesn't like, believe You might that. even be able to become the Wizard King with your luck or whatever, but Asa was like, no, you have to become the Wizard King off of merit. And it was like, I'm gonna do it. Yep. And then we also see this touching moment that she has with Noelle where she's telling her that, you know, you look like your mom, but you also have, like, a strong heart like your mom. And Noelle is touched because um, her mom died giving birth to her, which is why all of her other siblings, like, hate her. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of touching, too. Yeah, and she had to resolve to get up the mountain, even though she's still not used to controlling her magic. Yeah. I mean, she can control it better than she could before, you know, with the help of her wand. Yeah. But to In do practice. something like to do something like mana skin, where you actually have to have a level of control. Yeah, and not even a level of control. It's a, a super intense level of control. Like you have to maintain it all the time. It kind of reminds me of when, like in Naruto, they were trying to learn how to control their chakra for the first time to like walk on water and up trees and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah. But yeah. So that was Black Clover. Um, that'll. What, be next week? Yeah, yeah, we'll watch next week and see how Asta makes it up the mountain. Yep. Um, next up, um, Rising of the Shield Hero. Um, in this episode, Nafumi has to clean up after the Spear Hero once again. And we have another Hot Spring episode. Yep. So, um, basically, the Spear Hero went to this village that was, you know, dying of starvation, gave him this crop that he got from this uh what do you call it these ruins uh, i guess basically if you watch the previous episode of the spirit hero when or not the last one but the one before that so the last two episodes basically the spirit hero and nafumi kind of ran into each other and he was talking about how oh he saved this village by giving them this mystical crop that had been locked away or whatever and so when Nafumi gets to this village that he's going to, they're like, oh, well, the hero came and he said he had a crop. But basically the crop, the problem with it is that it doesn't stop growing and it turns into monsters and kills people. Yeah, it's like a monster plant. Yeah. And so it came from the same ruins that Nafumi recently went to to go get the magical stone to make the thread or whatever for Philo. Mm-hmm. And so he gets there and he like... The reason I love Nafumi is because he's just like, he looks at the townspeople, he's low-key just basically like, are y'all dumb? Are you dumb? So somebody shows up and he's like, ooh, I have this mystical plant for you and you just take it and plant it in the ground and think everything's going to be okay? Yeah, and no, and what makes it worse is because they had heard of a legend of a plant that that was going to do the things that this plant did or whatever, but instead of being like suspicious that this might be that plant, because it was given to the hero, they just decided to just like... Take it. it or whatever because they were starving or whatever yeah and then you know the village got overrun and you know who they want to come and save the day 
Nafumi. And Nafumi's like, look, it's going to be a fee. This is not going to be free. For free. (laughs) (laughs) Woo, you thought this was free? Nah, I don't don't work for free. (laughs) Nah, but but I'll handle it. I hate cleaning up after him, though. So it's definitely not going to be free. And the thing is, like, he was sent there to deliver some herbicide. And all Nafumi did to beat this, like, first of all, we have, why can I never remember this girl's name? With the ears. The slave girl. The slave girl. I can never remember her name. Anyway, the slave girl and Philo are fighting this thing. They're stabbing it in the eye and they're working together. And then Nafumi just like, huh, I got this herbicide. He levels it up and just pours it on the plant and everything just dies. And then he collects the seeds. And the, th- great, the thing that's so great about Nafumi is not only does he collect the seeds, he finds a way to alter it. And so he gives it back to the villagers, but he's like, okay, so this time it'll grow super fast, but you can control it and it won't turn into monsters this time. And they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And we're so grateful and yada, 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 yada. He's like, not free, not free. So Raftalia, that is her name. I always forget her name. Yeah, I can never remember her name either. But yeah, but after that, they decide to go to a hot spring or whatever. This was in the same episode. Like, I feel like yeah. so much happens in yeah, the Rising like, of the Shield like, Hero. Like, each episode of Rising of the Shield Hero feels like two episodes for the most part because it's like... A lot happens. It's like they finish with like a whole plot and then they move on and do the next plot. Yeah. But the next plot in this episode was your obligatory hot, hot spring slash beach episode that you have to have in every anime. Yeah, so, so... That's what this was. And basically, they go to a hot spring to relax because Nafumi's like, hey, you know, we're here. And they, they that's not why they went there. They went there because they had to deliver was, something. Yeah, they had and a delivery. And then there were hot springs in that town. So he was like, okay, we can go while we're here. Yeah. Since you guys actually want to go. And then the, the girls found out that there's some bird or whatever. And um, Raftalia, who's older, found out that it has a jewel that's really rare that um, people like and um, Philo who's much younger was like the bird lays eggs that are a super delicacy and so they decide that they're going to go and get this because of course they want Nafumi to fall in love with them and Philo straight up says that well if he loves me then maybe one day he'll be my mate and Raftalia's like a mate? She's already thinking that far in advance? Oh my goodness So that was interesting. And they have like this bonding moment because at this, up until this point, they're kind of like rivaling siblings where they get along because they have to, but they really don't like each other because they're always constantly trying to outdo each other. But then they actually like work together when push comes to shove. So, yeah. and they get Nafumi like this tool that he wanted for, um, I think it's like for medicine or herbs no, or something. It was like, like it was. What was it? No, it I was, think it was something for like it was like it looked like a mining tool or something. It was something. It was some type of crafting tool. Yeah, it was some tool, but it's super expensive. So anyway, they ended up not being successful with what they initially set out for, but ended up killing a, a silver bull or something like that, which is super uh, super uh, rare. Hot. Not rare, but bull. like. It's used in a ritual or whatever, and yeah. it's difficult to kill the bull or whatever. So they managed to just like buy it from them, which they thought was more convenient. So since they had a bunch of money from selling the bull, they uh, got they, him, they got him the gift. Yeah. So that was that. Um. Um. Before we. Oh, you had, Did you have anything else on the Rising of the Shield Hero? No. Okay. So before we move on on the Rising of the Shield Hero. I, would, I meant to say this last week. Um, I don't think I did, though. Um, shout out to Crunchyroll, because I have to give them their props. Usually, when you try to do a simuldub or whatever, it always falls behind. And this show looked no different, because for the first five episodes, there was no simuldub, even though it was, there was supposed to be one. And then all of a sudden, in one day, they dropped every episode that dubbed all the way up until the current episode. So they just completely caught up, and the dub is actually pretty good. I binge watched it and rewatched the episodes. And uh, shout out to them for you know getting it together and pulling it off. So I know it wasn't easy. But yeah. yeah. Okay then. So after the rising of the Shield Hero, we have the Promised Neverland, and 
honestly, this, I say this every week. I love The Promised Neverland. It never disappoints. And in this episode, we have Sister, um, Sister Crone. And at the end of the last episode, she was like, let's join forces. And so we see in this episode that, you know, Norman and Emma, they're like, should well emma is kind of skeptical because she's like well what guarantee do we have that you're not going to betray us and basically sister is like oh well i know that you guys are trying to escape but um and i but no she's like i know that ray is your double agent and he's you know lying to isabella or whatever but he also knows the truth about me so if we tell on each other it's basically mutually assured destruction yeah and so they're like, okay. And so Norman points out that, you know, if she's trying to gain their trust, that means that she's not in a position to, one, ship them out immediately, and two, that she doesn't have the power or the trust to ship them out, which means that she's looking for hard evidence. And as long as they don't give her that, there's nothing that she can do, and they can get information from her. Yeah, so she could actually be an asset. So they agree to work together. Yep. And so Emma and Norman go to her room, and they're like, they're poker faced right and they're just like shooting off questions at her and they're testing her but you know at the end of the day no matter how smart they are they're kids and so she catches them because they ask i think they ask about the tracking devices in the ear and they ask about the tracking devices she tells them that they're in their ear uh-huh. or whatever and she gives them a method to break them right but she's like oh, okay so you already knew that the, where the tracking devices were and you have a way to break them and they're like what how could you figure that out and of course they don't say that but their face says everything and then she points out to, to them like you can tell so much about a human just from looking at them their pulse their eyes their heartbeats their gestures everything and she's like when I told you about the tracking device, you didn't touch your ear to see if it was actually there. And then they're like, oh, snap, when we found out we did touch our ear to try to feel for it. And then she told them about, like, a scalpel or some way to remove it. And or, they didn't look happy at all. And they didn't look happy at all. They didn't look even mildly interested. So she was like, okay, you must already have a way to break it. And it was just like the way she read them was just incredible. But moving on, you know... They were they were talking, and then she's like, oh, they have a way to break the device. She's like, so maybe I should just go searching. First of all, I felt low-key kind of offended for the kids because when she goes to search Ray's room, the first thing she does is go look in a drawer, and I'm like, you really think this kid who is planning an escape from a farm run by demons fighting against two of the most intelligent people that he's ever had to encounter is going to hide a device that he created from scratch from spare parts to how to break a device that he didn't shouldn't even know exists and you think he's going to keep it in a drawer yeah right no 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 or you he's going to keep it in his bed like she's pulling back his sheets and stuff and that's the thing about sister crone is like she's thinking like they're thinking like they're kids and it's just like, you have to understand that even though they are kids, they're thinking on a completely different level. It's like, now Don, yes, Don probably would have hit it in a drawer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don. Don would have hit it in a drawer. Ray? Ray is not going to put it in a drawer. And he leaves a note for her as a trap. You know, we don't know what is on this note, but she looks at it, she's like, oh, and she thinks she's found the evidence that she needs. It's like, and she's like, like, Isabella shouldn't even know this. So how does Ray know it? Yeah. And so she's like scheming and plotting. She's like, oh yeah, Isabella, you're going down. You're about to go down. This and is then what I needed. All of a sudden you hear just knock, knock, knock. Mom comes so, out, has has a, a letter opener in her hand, looks like she's about to stab, stab her, her, like she's about it's to like, kill her. Like I'm about to handle this. And then she uh, takes her other hand from behind her back, and it's a letter. And she turns the letter opener around and hands out the letter and the letter opener. And the last thing we hear is Mom saying, Ah, oh, but it's unfortunate. But we'll have to be saying goodbye. Yeah. And we're just like, ooh. 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 Sister Crone is going bye-bye. That's probably not a good thing. She has orders to leave. Depart. Yeah. See ya. Deuces. I am I'm actually really hyped for the next episode because 
Um, part of the reason we didn't watch so much anime as we could have this week is that we were reading the manga and we are all caught up. We are so. all caught up to the Promised Neverland. It was a great read. I mean, it, it was awesome. It was. And we cannot wait. We have a couple more hours until the next chapter comes out. You know, so we decided to record the podcast to get it out the way. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's how you want to look at it. But, um. No, nah, we love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm actually super, super hyped. Um, yeah. Domestic Girlfriends. I mean, honestly, Domestic Girlfriend is like, it's so slice of life, but it's so complicated, but it's so simple, and it's just so good. Like, it has, I think, what Domestic Girlfriend does right with slice of life, it's like, it's this improbable situation, but it takes this improbable situation and it grounds it so much in reality. It's like, if this were to happen in real life, it probably would look something like this. Yeah. And it's it's great because first you have, what is his name? Not so well. Not so well. You have not so well, right? And obviously we know that he's in love with his teacher, his sensei, who's also now his sister, Hina. And, or Hinani or whatever you want to call it. And basically, they go out together or whatever at her suggestion. And they go out and they have a nice time. And basically, she explains how she ended up in an affair to begin with because she's like, you know, her dad had an affair and she thought that he was the dumbest person on the planet. And she was basically like, you know, Shu, the guy who was the guy she was having an affair with, was her teacher back in high school. And basically, when her friends turned on her, she he let her hide out in his classroom or whatever and i guess they bonded but they didn't see each other again once she graduated or no he left he left the school and they didn't see each other again until she was in her final year of college and he was already married by that point but then he still suggested that they hang out and things just sort of escalated from there and so as you're listening to this you know not so well he's just like yo, I can't even be mad at her because if that was me, if I had been in her situation, I can't say that I would have done anything differently, you know? And then he tells her the truth. He's like, you know, I'm in love with you. And she was like, okay, you mean that romantically, right? And he's like, yeah. So she takes his hand and she leads him out into the ocean. And she's like, he's like, wait, wait a second, what are you doing? Like, and we're waist deep now. Like, wait, like, why are we still walking? Right. And she's like, well, if you want to have a relationship with me, it's the same as double suicide. Because we're not going to have a place in our family, nor are we going to have a place in society. And our relationship is never going to have anyone's blessing. So if you are that committed to being in a relationship with me, then we might as well just die together right now because it's the same thing. And he's just like, whoa, that's a little deep. Deeper than he wanted to swim. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Literally. So they are basically like, okay, they acknowledge that in a different life it might have happened, but it's not going to happen. Yep. It's like, yeah, when we go back to the shore, we're going back to being siblings. And that's it, right? So fast forward, Natsu is living his life. He's going to school, club activities, et cetera, et cetera. And then... He's he walks in on his on Sensei doing something that he sh- shouldn't have seen. Let's just leave it at that. In the privacy and, of her room. In the privacy of her own room, mind you. Something that she was doing with her body. Okay, yeah. All right, now what? What? Continue. We have children listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I didn't say anything. Anyway. Moving on, basically his other sister, Rui, who is the one that he actually slept with in the first episode, um, she walks in and she's like, hey, basically, she's like, hey, you want to make out with me? And he was like, what? And then conversation happens and basically he's like, okay, sure. So now that's a thing and we don't know where that's going to go with that just yet. Yeah, yeah. um, now now he's kissing his sister in secret. While being in love with his other sister, and there's a girl at school who is already made it clear that she wants to date him. Mm. And I personally. There's another girl from the book club. I think the book girl club is just honestly glad that she has friends at this point. Yeah, I don't don't think she's like into him like that. Like she could be, 
But I don't think she realized the complicatedness of his life at this point. And that's the thing. None of them realize the complicatedness of his life. You know, Hina doesn't realize that Rui's into him. And Momo doesn't realize that he's in love with his older sister and that her best friend, who she thinks is secretly, who she thinks is rooting for her to be with him, is actually in love with him, has already slept with him, is also his sister living in his house. You know, and... Yeah, it seems like the only one who really knows everything is Rui. The one, only one who knows everything is Natsuo because even Rui doesn't know about their little romantic escapade. Like, she knows that he has... She doesn't know exactly the, what happened, but she she knows that he has feelings for her. Yeah. And so, I think Rui is trying to, like, sneak her way into Natsuo's heart because I think that she is actually super in love with him and she realizes that she's super in love with him and she doesn't like all these other girls hanging around or him being hung up on her older sister. So she's just trying to get in any way that she can. Yeah. Even though it doesn't really make sense. I mean, but it doesn't yeah. that's, that's what it seems like. I, don't, I still don't understand why. Yep. But, but that is it for our weekly anime. So we're going to take a pause right here for an ad break. Okay, lovely folks and gents, we are back from our ad break. So moving on to the anime that we binged this week. We have a really good anime, then we have a really crappy anime. So um, the crappy one's going to take longer, so let's do the good one first. Okay. So we watched Tata Never Falls in Love, and it was so cute, and I just got all the feels. And basically, it's about this boy, his name is Tata, and... He's a photographer. Yeah. And he runs into um, a foreign girl, basically, when he's out taking pictures one day. And they keep running into each other. And so she's lost. So he takes her back to the coffee shop that his family runs. And basically, she calls her friend and they meet up or whatever. And then they end up staying at this Grand Palace Hotel that's, like, right next door to the coffee shop. And surprise, surprise... She is the new transfer student in his class. Actually, it's two of them. It's um, Teresa and Alec, right? They're transferring into his class. And, of course, they also join his photography club. And they're friends. And what I liked about this anime is that it's kind of clear that they're falling for each other. But at the same time, it's just like they're they're, they're just friends. And they hang out. And... You know, you can see some clear moments where they're just like, oh, hey, you know, you are this specific person that I like hanging out with. But it's always a group of them. It's the photography club, you know. It's him, it's Teresa, it's Alec, it's his best friend, Karu. It's his, uh, the freshman in the club. They're, they call him the Yamaranian. There's the uh, president of the club. They call him Alpha. And you have a class president who's who daylights as a... Um, <laughs> as a model and as a student with glasses because apparently when you put glasses on you're in anime you're a completely different Doesn't person. Doesn't even have to be anime. Superman did, did the same thing. I guess. Man. But yeah, glasses make the person. I mean you're a completely different person whether you have glasses on or not. I guess. You should know you wear glasses. Okay but if I take my glasses off you realize that I'm still the same person that you're married to. Yeah I know. But, but that's probably because we're married you know. He worships this girl. He has posters up of her. Like, I can understand if it was just, like, a passing thing. But no, like, he has, like, a... He has... Loki has a shrine in the photography club. And he can't stop talking about how great she is. And and this is the the, the president, by the way. He's obsessed with... He's the, obsessed um, with, the, with the model. With who, the model, whose name is Hina. But he can't tell that his classmate, who's with him all the time, Hinako, is the same girl. So that's just that that's a running gag and it it's funny. It's funny. It's amusing. But um anyway, this one was it was good. It was cute. It was all the good things that slice of life should be. And I like happy endings. So I mean, it's very cliché at the end. It's so cliché. It's so predictable. But it's so fun to watch at the same time. So if you like a good slice of life that's going to give you warm fuzzy feels, I would definitely recommend this one. Yep, it was only 13 episodes and it's dubbed. Yep. And there's one episode with uh, where Nianko Big narrated. Nianko Big! Oh my gosh. Nianko yeah. Big, honestly, honestly, 
the, it's the... I think it's the fifth episode? No. Well, it's, it's earlier than that. I want to say it's like the second or third episode. And basically, there's an entire episode where it's narrated by Nyanko Big. And Nyanko Big is the cat. All right? And you have to watch it dubbed. I didn't watch this sub, so I can't vouch for that. But if you watch it dubbed, Nyanko Big has the best voice. And honestly, I was watching it by myself, and then I heard it. And then when Mr. Otaku came home, I was like, yo, you have to watch this episode where the cat is talking. You're going to love his voice. And then we started watching it and Mr. Otaku was like, oh, snap. His voice is awesome. Unfortunately, you don't get a whole bunch of episodes with Nyanko Big's voice, but it's totally worth it. He's like, my name is Nyanko Big. I can't even do it. It's like, it's just like so deep and baritone and like... It's just good. Cool. And it's, it's totally worth it. Just for that one episode, honestly. But, um, yeah. Um, moving on. So, honestly, okay. So, you guys know how passionate we can get about anime. So, if you want to end this podcast on a high note, I suggest that you end it here because the next anime that we watched was pure garbage. Yep. So, if it's in the anime that we watched is Sunday Without Guide. It's the one that we told you we were going to watch last week. Mm-hmm. Had we had known what it was, how it was going to be, we, first of all, we wouldn't have watched it. Nope. And if you watched it because we said we were going to watch it, we apologize. Yep. Because this anime was horrible. Garbage. Garbage. So, first of all, let's just, let me preface let's this go, by saying with... that a lot of people, for some reason, like this anime. It has a pretty high rating on my anime list. We hated it. Because, okay, so I'm the type of person where characters who have this unwavering moral compass, they just irritate me. I don't like them. That's why, like, even in The Promised Neverland, Emma, she kind of she kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. Yeah, but Ray and Norman balance her out. Right. But... And Sunday, oh, God, you have I. Yeah, <laughs> before we even get into her... Let's, let's talk about the premise of this show. So the premise of this show is that basically God gave up on the world one Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that was it. No more babies are born and nobody can die. So if you die, you just come back or whatever. Unless your brain is like completely obliterated. And even then you're not dead. You just can't move anymore. So yeah. the only way to actually die is if a... Uh, a, a grave keeper. If, if a grave keeper buries you properly if anybody else buries you it doesn't mean anything right or whatever and that's the only way the dead can can actually rest and keep in mind that the grave keepers are quote unquote sent by god as his final gift so basically they don't have any emotions they're not born they're created they look like regular people and they carry like this special shovel or whatever but they don't have any emotions they don't cry they don't feel pain they don't, you know, do anything. Like they just walk around, and their entire sole job is to bury the dead. Bury the dead. That's so they it. stop walking around. Yep. Yep. So the premise, honestly, doesn't sound that bad, but the execution is garbage, all the way. And I think the biggest problem is not necessarily the storyline. I, th- I think it's the characters because all the characters are very, very, very one-dimensional with a lot of excess things that I'm just like, why does this even matter? Why is this even included in the anime? So you have I, right? And basically at the beginning, I is in this village and you find out that her mom was a gravekeeper and then she died. And so the villagers turned I into a gravekeeper. And she was like, oh, okay. And... Basically, fast forward, her dad shows up and basically he kills everyone in town and he's like, okay, so you need to bury them properly. And she was like, why would you kill everyone? And he was like, I can't tell you that. Fast forward again. She finds out that everybody was already dead and then her father dies. Right? Boo-hoo, sad, sad. Cry. All right. Moving on. She teams up with his, her dad's childhood friend or whatever and they go on this journey and there's this other gravekeeper who is a quote-unquote real gravekeeper because she doesn't have emotions. I is a gravekeeper, but she's half human, half gravekeeper, which is completely unheard of. And so she has emotions or whatever. 
So the real gravekeeper is like supposed to, at first you think she's going to be her guide, but then they get to the city of the dead. And one, she's not trying to bury people. So that's weird off she, the gate. She, she's not doing her job. She's not she doing her job. Sick, and and then, then she gets sick. And then she all of a sudden has a baby and, you know, she doesn't, you know, birth the baby, but she ends up with the baby. She just takes a baby. Like, there's I mean, like, the baby was given to her, but still. It's, who it's just, just gives away a baby? I don't know. Dead people. A I don't time, know. A, a baby that's in a time capsule. And she's just like, this baby was calling to me ever since I entered the city. And so the 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 person in charge is just like, here, take my little, take my older sister who froze herself in time. You are obviously her mother. What? What kind of logic? But yeah, like there were so many logic flaws in this anime. Uh, I mean, the best thing about this anime is that they split up each of the arcs into like very defined episodes. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, the first arc is three episodes that has the same title, and it's just that title one, that title two, that title three. I think it's Death Valley is the first arc. Yeah, so it's like Death Valley one, Death Valley two, Death Valley three. Then they move on to like Ordis one, Ordis two, Ordis three. So it's like you can stop after any one of those arcs, mm-hmm. and that's good enough because the story doesn't actually go anywhere. Yeah. And, and it's it's just all stupid. It's it was, all stupid. It was, it was really, really dumb, honestly. Um, like I said, I don't really like characters who have this unwavering moral compass, and I is that person. And like, they're very one-dimensional. It's like none of the characters felt developed or any growth. They were all just... Static. Static and dumb. Yeah, because like I is... First of all, she finds out that the people who raised her were deceased, and that she's living in a world where when people die, they come back to life because she didn't even know that until like the second episode. Yeah, because nobody and died in her village because they were already, already dead. dead. And it's like she finds her father who she thought she would never run into and who is nothing like what she imagined. And she's finding all out all about those, this world and the truth of it. And it's like... I get that she's supposed to be a quote-unquote good kid, but at the same time, it's like, if you, every, if your home is destroyed, you are by yourself, cast out into a world full of death where your sole job is to bury people, but you can feel emotions because you're half-human and you have no one to guide you, you should have some type of emotional reaction to that or something, but we don't. All we see her say is, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. I want to save the world. She wants to save the world that she doesn't know and has never seen. Yeah, and it's really annoying. And has no clue how, and then she constantly contradicts herself. Like at the, first, she thinks she's going to save the world by going to go bury people. Then she goes to an entire town with well, over a million dead, dead people, people, doesn't bury anybody. And then it's like she meets the princess or whatever, and she's there's a special word for it, but basically she's the goddess of death. And basically, if you touch her skin, you die. If you hear her voice, you die. If she looks at you, if you fall under her gaze, you die. And so she has to basically be sealed up all the time. And so and I... the dead people can be around her. Right. But the city of the dead is basically like, you can enter as a living person. They don't have a problem with that necessarily. But when you hit 15, you have to decide whether or not you are going to die to remain in the city of the dead or you're going to leave and try to survive in the wasteland that's outside. And so a lot of people, I think in this case, 150 people decided that they're just going to die and become part of the city or whatever. And so they have this ritual where they unseal the princess of death and she looks at every, she looks upon the crowd and they all die. It's instant, it's painless and they come back immediately pretty much as zombies. And everything is fine. Everything yeah, is good. They, I wouldn't call them. They don't look like zombies. They don't so. look like zombies, but essentially you come but back from the dead. But they are dead people walking. Yeah, you come back from the dead. You're a walking dead person. And so I is, to me, I think she's just arrogant because she's like, well, she can't possibly know what's going on or what she's doing because the same thing happened to me. I grew up in a, in a village where everyone around me was dead. So I had no idea of what the concept of death was. And I was like, and she was like, oh, and, you know, she probably doesn't know what's going on either if every time she opens up her eyes, you know, people are dead. And so she tries to tell her, and then the princess is like, yeah, I already knew what was going on. But thanks. 
and it's just kind of like yeah everyone's not like you but then she they leave fast forward they leave the city or whatever and she gets kidnapped to take and taken to a school or whatever and basically the school is kidnapping kids because they need funding and without kids they have no funding all right yeah, makes sense because no new kids are being born no new kids are being born which means no new kids are going to school and they decide they're going to escape whatever there's a girl and she's like i don't want to escape my parents don't want me back like i left to make life easier on them because they didn't want me and i she's like well you can always find a new home and this and this and that and she spends three episodes convincing this girl to leave and i'm just like you cannot save somebody from something that they don't want to be saved from that's just dumb you know, and then the girl keeps telling her, she's like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. And finally, she just gets tired of hearing I. And so she leaves. And I'm like, that's not saving people. That's forcing what you think their life should be onto them. And I just thought it was dumb. Yep. And the rest of the show is the same. And we watched the whole thing, all miserable 12 episodes. Yeah. Oh, and, and the last thing, there's this boy named Alice, right? First of all, I have a problem with them trying to... Sh- make me ship them together because I is like 12 and he's like 16. That's yeah, uh, not okay. He's only 16 in body. He's actually like 20 something. He's like 30. Well, yeah, almost 30. Because he, it's been 14 years. He's 16 and he's been 16 for 14 years. That that math adds up to 30, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's like 30 in spirit. And like you're trying to tell me that I should want them two to get together? Uh, absolutely not, you creeper creepers. Anyway. That he, doesn't actually happen. Thankfully. It kind of does. But anyway, he's dead. Let's just, spoiler alert, he's dead. And he's trapped in a world because his classmates all wish that he, that they could live their lives forever. On the day that he died, they were just like, oh no, I just want to go back to my regular life. Because in this world, when you make a wish, it comes true. Yeah, if you wish on something hard enough with all your heart, it becomes reality, pretty much. Yeah. So, and so they're basically trapped in an alternate universe of their own creation where you could only live a year, and on July 28th, everything resets. Mm-hmm. And the year starts over all over yeah. again. And basically, his classmates have all blocked out his death. So they are just living in this loop, in this false, happy reality. And he's just kind of sick of it. And so he gets I to help him. And then she figures out that he's the one that's dead because this whole time we're thinking that it's the other girl, D, because when she goes out to the real world, because for whatever reason they can cross the barrier, she's a ghost. And basically at the end, she's like, well, can't I save you too? It's not fair. You brought me here to rescue you and you knew that you were going to disappear and die. That's so cruel. I want to save you too. Isn't there a way? Tears, tears, sad, sad, boo-hoo. He's a dead person who... With no body. And he realizes that he needs to die. And you're supposed to be a gravekeeper who are supposed to let the dead rest, but you won't let him rest. Instead, you want to save him. Yep. And so, fast forward to the last scene where she's standing at his grave, at his grave that has his body in it. And she's just... He's standing next to her. He's like, why would you do that? Why would you save me? And so now we have a dead man walking around. And his body should be gone. So I don't even know how he's existing. Yep, don't even know how he's existing. I don't know how you're going to kill him or bury him now. He's just stuck. Yep. And Still I don't just, know if he's ever going to turn 17. And I just feel like this entire thing is just dumb because her moral compass is just like... It's not even a compass. It's just a line. It's just straight ahead. And it's so dumb. Like, she doesn't question anything. She, there's no complexity to her. There's character. no complexity to her. Uh, the the gravekeeper lady who was the a real gravekeeper who all of a sudden turned human with emotions and a baby. I mean, like I don't even know what her purpose was because she didn't do any fighting after that. There was like this little arc where they went to go look for her, and then she got the baby. But then those two never did anything again. The baby never played any significance. The gravekeeper never played any significance. Honestly, the the dad's friend didn't play any significance other than he drove the car around for them. Yeah, all, the whole thing was just so stupid. Speaking of driving this car around, 
They ain't driving this car around. No gas stations anywhere. They eat, but there's no supplies anywhere. No re-upping on supplies. No, no food. No there's food. a baby, but like There's a diapers, baby, no milk. diapers, no changing, no milk. You it, know, it's just like, but, you know, we're just supposed to believe this this, this world. It's like... Yeah. A change of clothes, bathrooms, general hygiene. Like, there's no explanation of how this world works at all. Not even in passing. Not even a sentence about how this world works. Like, it's so ridiculously unbelievable and straight, straightforward. It's like this story was written by a kindergartner. Like, not even a kindergartner because they have more emotional depth. I mean, our dog Alphonse has more emotional depth in facets to his character than this entire anime. Well, and he's a harsh. dog. That was kind of harsh. I wouldn't necessarily go that far. I'm but just saying, I feel like it's true. It's it's garbage. I would not recommend it. Yeah, Unless but. you love, just love, love, love static characters who are just stuck on, I'm going to do the right thing regardless of if this. anybody else thinks it's the right thing or if anybody else actually wants me to do any of the stuff that I'm doing. This anime wouldn't even make good background music. It wouldn't because her voice is super annoying. We watched the dub and the way her voice was portrayed, it was super annoying. I would not recommend it. But okay, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think getting your teeth pulled probably easier than watching it. But um, Probably. At least you should get anesthesia for that. Yeah. Alright, so you want to do it? I did it last time. You can do it. Alright, so um, that's it for what we watched this week. Um, next week, we'll watch all our regular stuff. Um, we're still not watching Dororo. Nope. Um, yep. Yeah, we're not watching it. Yep, um, nope. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And next week, um, we're going to try watching Bloom Into You. We've heard it's a good one. It's a slice of life anime. And it has to be better than Sunday Without God because it was complete garbage. I'm um, not convinced of that. But hopefully it will be. Blooming to you, I really hope. I'm not convinced that any anime is. Guys, please recommend us anime because, you know, if we randomly choose, I mean, we might end up with something like Sunday Without God. And that was just, um, that wasn't what it was. Please. It got to the point where we didn't even pause it anymore to take breaks. We were just like, let it play. Let's just let it be over. Let's just, let's just get through it. Like, we don't need need to talk about this anymore and complain about it anymore. We're just going to press play and just let it play through. Yeah. You know? Because it doesn't make sense. And we know that. And there's no way around it. Yeah. It was, it was rough. But, um, that's it. Yep. So that's it for this episode of I'd Rather Anime. Please, if you like the episode, subscribe and then tell your friends about it so that they can subscribe too. If you haven't already, please make sure that you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at I'd Rather Anime and check us out at I'dRatherAnime.com. We know you could be doing other things, but we're glad that you decided to anime with us. Until next time, peace. Out. you know birth the baby but she ends up with the baby she just takes a baby like there's I mean like, the baby was given to her but still it's, who it's just, just gives away a baby like at first she thinks she's gonna save the world by going to go bury people then she goes to an entire town with well, over a million dead, dead people, people doesn't bury anybody <laughs> deeper than he wanted to swim yeah literally <laughs> literally so like can we watch some anime now <laughs>